Hello, and welcome to the podcast program In Community and Company, a series of conversations that examines how communities galvanize. I'm your host, Asa Anna. Skateboarding began in California in the 1950s when surfers wanted something to surf when the waves were flat. They called it sidewalk surfing. The first skateboards were nothing more than wooden boxes or boards with roller skate wheels attached to the bottom. The popularity of skateboarding has grown leaps and bounds. People around the world now skate, making connections while building community. No better to talk about how skateboarding builds community than Maya Haptes. Maya runs a skateboarding workshop called Shred Your Fears, designed for women, trans, and or non-binary people to feel strong <clears throat> and comfortable in their bodies. Maya, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> what inspired you to, to create these workshops? Sure. Um... So my son, who was six at the time, started uh, wanting to learn to skateboard, and so we took him to the local skateboard park, and I quickly realized that was a place of um, connection for me where, you know, I remembered hanging out with skaters when I was in high school, and then uh, I started taking him to this 12 and under session at the skate park, and someone told me that parents skate for free, and I really had barely ever stepped on a skateboard um, and when I attempted to do it myself really struggled with things like foot placement and just the really basics of how to engage with the board itself and so I decided to sign up for some group lessons with uh, two other women friends so that I could learn and be able to skate with him and quickly realized how helpful that was to me to be able to pick those things up and have someone show me the basics and do it in a place that was kind of private and we all had the safety gear on and I was with friends. And um, while I did end up skating with my son, I also ended up finding this amazing community of women um, and reconnecting with these friends through that. And so I realized that, you know, wouldn't it be great if there was this entry point at the skate park and in other places for women and other people like me who had historically been excluded from the sport, just to be able to learn those basic fundamentals. And um, that's really where the spark started. You said exclusion. In, in what way? I, I'm, I'm curious about what that word means to you in this context. Yeah, I think that, um, hmm. so, you know, in terms of like the marketing of the sport and the availability and um, those who are encouraged to go into the sport, at least historically, have been, you know, kind of like white cis male. Mm -hmm. um, and that stereotype of sort of the, you know, 12 year old skater boy, mm -hmm. you know, that's changed with skateboarding being added to the Olympics with, um, you know, more and more women being recognized in the sport and then a growing number of um, trans and non-binary skaters as well who have joined, you know, pro model teams. And there's other um, skateboard companies that are now celebrating what we might call non-traditional skateboard skateboarders. So I also work in skateboarding media, and um, that's a term that we've developed just as kind of a blanket term mm -hmm. to t when we talk about anyone who, you know, is not who you saw in Thrasher in... Mm -hmm. you know, 1996 when I was in high school. Right. So um, d d can you explain the experience of the workshops themselves? Mm -hmm. like yeah. So um, sort of pre-COVID, uh, this was really designed by me as kind of a retreat experience and an escape. Um, you know, as I, I'm, I'm a mom 
And as mothers, we make very little time for ourselves. But I was also in the health and wellness world, and there was a lot of, you know, language around, you know, providing self-care, taking care of yourself. But a lot of it was um, in ways that weren't necessarily appealing to me, mm-hmm. like take a bubble bath and <laughs> drink a glass of wine and, you know, go drink some green juice and... Um, it just didn't resonate with me. So I thought, what if I took this experience that I wanted to share with people of learning to skateboard and combined it with some of these other things? So we had um, a full yoga class that we would do in the skate park. Mm. We would bring in a yoga teacher. It was about a four-hour event. Um, we also had a brunch. So we had like a picnic brunch in the skate park no as problem. well. Um, food is a really important uh, way to build community. And so that was something that I added in to... to um, you know, kind of complete that mm-hmm. experience. Uh, what the workshops look like now post-COVID are sort of a mini version of that. So they're shorter. They're about two hours. We do yoga-based stretching. Um, as older people, that's uh, very important to, like, warm up our ankles and hips and just uh, creates, like, a safer environment. But it also is another way to connect and move bodies. Um, I lead the yoga-based stretching and focus a lot on grounding and um this idea of kind of releasing the fear and the anxiety that we might have before entering the space and mm-hmm. as we enter the space and then proceeding into the skateboarding. So then we have um, beginner instructors. We have about a one to five ratio. We mm. teach about 15 people for per workshop mm-hmm. and um, basically take people through the very basics of where to put your feet, how to push. And then ideally by the end of the hour and a half workshop, we're getting them going down a small ramp. Oh, fun. Mm -hmm. What is the average age of those participating in these? I'd say uh, we're probably about 35, age 35. But we've had um, a 72-year-old attend. And um, we had just pre-COVID launched some uh, teen workshops. But uh, in general, the, the sort of classic Shred Your Fears workshop is 18 and older. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about you, Maya. Like, this work is very community-based. Mm-hmm. Um, what what motivates you to, to, to do work in community like this? Hmm. Um, well, I think, you know, I've had a lot of different professional experiences and personal experience, but I've always been kind of a connector of people. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think I naturally apply that to anything that I take on myself. Mm-hmm. Um Similarly, I'm someone who have has struggled with fitting in in my life. And so there's sort of something that appeals about the skateboarding where it has been kind of an outsider thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I really like to go and try new things. It's often something I would do on my own. Mm-hmm. So I had had a lot of experience of like showing up somewhere and being by myself. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that everyone who comes feels comfortable and is introduced and... Um, you know, ha- has a, a good experience and mm-hmm. makes new connections. Right. And then the last layer of that is um, just the isolation that I felt after becoming a mother. Mm. And I wasn't really building in ways in my personal life to connect with other moms, other women. I had let some of my female friendships really kind of languish. Mm-hmm. And this was a way to uh, really um, ignite those again mm-hmm. and bring that back into my life. And uh, that was really helpful then overall you know, in terms of me be just being more present with my kids and having more energy because I was, you know, filling up my cup as well. Sure. Tony Hawk said, I think skateboarding is hugely challenging. It teaches you self-confidence. It teaches you self-motivation. It can be something that helps you through, throughout life. 
Um, how does skateboarding help in terms of those who participate in the workshop? Have you seen this transformation happen with those who participated? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, as, as it's interesting to kind of look at the group. I mean, mm -hmm. every group is different, but in general, a lot of people do come on their own. By the end, everyone's cheering each other on. Oh, um, yeah. So you sort of see the the nervousness and the tentativeness that mm -hmm. people have. Um, you know, it starts to fall away, right, as they gain that confidence. Mm -hmm. So you can really see within this very condensed time period, like that transformation. And then, of course, if um, skateboarding is something that does align with you and you keep up and you keep going with it, then over time you're, you know, building that resiliency, getting mm -hmm. over frustration, becoming more confident in yourself. It's something that I certainly still struggle with starting to, you know, to learning to skateboard when I was 39. Like, I'm still very much a beginner. Mm -hmm. um, I have times when I get extremely frustrated with myself, but then when I do, you know, unlock something or just um, remember that I, you know, possess the capacity to, you know, ha now have this skill, mm -hmm. it does it does sort of build up my confidence. Mm -hmm. I guess coming back to the premise of the podcast itself, it's about how communities galvanize. I guess I would ask you the the question: How does skateboarding galvanize community? Yeah, you yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because I'm speaking on it in from such a different perspective than we might look at it in a classic way. And there mm -hmm. are so many very conventional examples of how it does. Right? Whether mm -hmm. it's a group of skaters who are galvanizing around like a pop-up DIY skate spot to try to preserve it or save it from demolition. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's there's all of these really interesting ways in which the sport itself, I think, galvanizes people. Mm -hmm. But then specifically with Shred Your Fears, I think it really goes back to, um, you know, creating this kind of container for the community to come into. Mm -hmm. And... Um, allowing myself to be comfortable and confident that what I wanted to experience would be what other people would want to, too. A, an environment that was, you know, private and a place where you could mess up and you, 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 mm -hmm. you know, you could not be f fearful of failure because there was like, you know, you're at a skate park and there's a bunch of 14 year old boys like, <laughs> like yeah. watching you and we can all wear the like, giant elbow pads and like you know and yeah just create an environment like that and that that community um I didn't set out to create a community but um it's something that I have consciously nurtured once I saw it developing right and um that has been a really powerful aspect it's one that has been lost somewhat with COVID which is which is sad. You know, the skate park used to be a place we'd go to. The skate park itself is certainly a community builder. And, right. um, you know, we, Shred Your Fears, would not be here without the existence of Switch and Signal Skate Park, which is the indoor park where we hold mm -hmm. all of our events. And in and of itself, that is a, a beautiful way that skateboarding has built community there, both within the neighborhood of Swiss Vale here in Pittsburgh, um, as well as within the skate community mm -hmm. and been really clear on what their values are and how inclusive they are of anyone who's interested in the sport, um, which is fairly unique. Mm -hmm. Oh my, this is such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing how skateboarding can galvanize communities. Um, you'll find out more about the workshops at shredyourfears.com. Um, thank you, Maya. You're welcome. Thanks for having <laughs> me. 
in Community and Company is produced and recorded at the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University. Uh, thank you to Heather Stark-Fiedler, Chair of the Department of Community Engagement, and Andrew Conti, Director of the Center for Media Innovation. Thank you to Wayne Gaines, Studio Technician, and thank you for listening.